Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This week, our lead pastor, Greg Dumas, continues our series titled Undone with a message about less cosmetic and more authentic. We hope you enjoy this weekend's message. Isn't he good? Let's welcome our campus at South Shore and Plant City. Give him a big hand, Tampa. Come on, God is good. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. We pray that we would leave here today changed from the inside out. And all God's people said... Amen and amen and amen. We're delighted that you're here today. Exciting weekend at the crossing. We're having something called baptism blowout across our campuses. Uh, 300 people or more being baptized across those campuses. Can we give it up for those families and those individuals? God doing such a wonderful thing. Delighted that you're here today. Delighted that you're here. We're in a series called Undone. Undone. Hence the sign. Uh, on the t-shirts. And before I go any further, didn't Pastor Stephen Robles do an amazing job last weekend? We've got an all-world teaching team here, and we're glad that you are here. So today we want to talk about being less cosmetic. We want to be less cosmetic, less plastic, and more authentic. Can I get an amen? More authentic. That means the, the real you, the inside you, the the, the you that God created you to be, to come out of you, to come up and out of you. We're going to talk about a few things today, and hopefully it's clear when we're finished. Uh, uh, here's the byline of the message today. The fear, everybody say fear. fear. The fear of God is better than the fear of man. The fear of God. And when I say fear, I mean the all, the reverence, the worship, the love, the dedication, the devotion. The fear of God, fearing God, awe, reverence, devotion, our love, the fear of God is better than the fear of man. We all deal with the fear of man. How many of you remember the people that you are, or maybe it just, it it happens right here, right now. I I can't say just remember, we all deal with the fear of men. Uh, Are there certain people in your lives that you want to impress more than others? Come on. Come on, Only, only one of you in the congregation today. Do you remember when you were in your late teens and you had a boyfriend or girlfriend? How important was it at that time, right? The girl that uh, I I dated during that time in my life, she loved polos. You remember when polo shirts were the big deal? You guys remember? It was like, oh, you have a polo. A polo and an Izod and blah, 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 blah. Now, I never bought a polo, but I wore the heck out of the one she bought for me. And I popped the collar. Do you remember? You remember, some of you remember. Some, some of you are like, what is a polo? Right? Uh, so, so the influence, it's really easy to be influenced. And then maybe you get a little, little older, you get married. And, and uh, I never thought that, I would, that my wife would influence me enough to go see Hello, Dolly with Carol Channing. But I did, and I liked it. I, I actually enjoyed it. I was like, well, there's some athletes on the stage there. I can appreciate that. But I just, I never thought that I would be in that place. So maybe for you, it's a husband or a wife or maybe a best friend or a group of friends or a community. A lot of people are in online communities now. Maybe it's a peer or a work associate or maybe it's your boss that you're trying to impress the most. Maybe it's your mom or maybe it's your dad. A lot of times dads fit into this category I want to pause here for just a moment and ask you to remember now that you're a mom and a dad, 
how important it is when we're communicating to our sons and daughters and people that are around us, one moment, see, they're always looking up at us, and one moment can shape the rest of their life, can it? One, one, one moment, and so we just, we want to just bless what we say to them and how we say it, right? We, we want to bless that. So uh, here's another way to come at this, whose disapproval bothers you the most? Whose disapproval bothers you the most? And so categorically, we could look at that as well. Just the, the, the things that we say and what we receive, and, and maybe, you know, in, in my life, probably my mom, my dad, then my, some of my coaches, and then my professors, and, uh, you know, and then your, maybe your peers, uh, and so the fear, the fear is that somehow I'll do something or say something, right, all of us, and then I'll be outside the group. Do you, do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, and, and, and it happens today. John Bloom says this. He writes for Desiring God. He says that God designed us to seek approval. He, he just did from the inside out. And this proves to be a huge motivating factor for all of us. The source from which we seek approval reveals where we've placed our love. This is super important. Our reverence, our respect. So watch this. Are you ready? Here's the first little notable point. Whomever or whatever, whomever or whatever we love and reverence and respect most is what we fear. Whomever we love, reverence, and respect most is what we fear. Whoever or whatever that is, I know this isn't really good English, whoever that is, is. Can I get an amen? is what we worship. Whoever or whatever that is, is what we worship. That's why the Bible warns in Matthew 6, 24, that we should not love, somebody help me out. We should not love that paper stuff. Money, why? Because we cannot have two masters. Come on church, in the name of Jesus, we can only have one master, just one. If we're not really careful, we can revere money. It's important to respect money, isn't it? We all need it. Smile at your neighbor. <laughs> we need it. But you don't need money more than you need God. Because God's the provider of the money. And if we're not careful, we can, we can look at money and revere it, reverence it, respect it, honor it more than we honor God, who's the source of our money. That's why on our money, thank God in America, it says in we trust. Do we still believe that, church? Come on. All right, you guys are like, in, in, in Apple, we trust, right? Can we laugh together? Is that okay? Is that okay? Is, is that okay? All right, all right, all right. So Proverbs 29, 25 says this, the fear of man brings a snare to trap, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. No matter what happens, no matter what government what policies, what politics, what, it doesn't matter what leader, what boss, what resource, a lot or a little, if we trust in God, we're safe. If we trust in man, it's a snare. Every time it's a snare. So here are 14 questions to kind of help us cycle into the fact that we are all dealing with the fear of man. So 14 questions, I'll go very quickly. Uh, have you ever struggled with peer pressure? Anybody? Anybody across campuses? Anybody in the house ever struggled with peer pressure? If your hand is not raised, you're not a human. Okay. 
uh, in eighth grade in Oklahoma, uh, behind the tennis courts, come on somebody, do you remember these? these? It was uh, whether or not to chew or to dip the stuff called skull. If you're, if some of you understand, Plant City, God bless you, I know you're with me. Come on, come on now, come on you country folks. And so in Oklahoma, and so you had to take this big dip of this stuff and put, you know, a, a pinch right in here and you talk weird. And, you know, and then the next challenge was red man. And so they take these big leaves of tobacco and you just wad them up and you stick it between your cheek and gum. And it's right. So I even got the stuff left. And, and so what I didn't know, the peer pressure was getting me. What I didn't know, I was going to be bent over for the next hour green behind the tennis court. Do you remember that as well? Okay. So that's in eighth grade. But maybe it's a little different when we're 40 around the water cooler and somebody's influence causes you to do something you don't want to do. And maybe there's a young lady who, who goes a little further than she wants to, not because she wanted to go further, but because her friend said it's the coolest thing to do to go further. Maybe it's a, a, a man who is influenced by other men, and, and uh, so he goes further than he wants to go looking at things that he doesn't want to look at. Are you with me, church? You know, the stats say seven out of ten. Seven out of 10. In, in the name of Jesus, I want to say to you, freedom is yours in Christ. You do not have to live there. You don't. You don't have to live there. There's no, there's no condemnation for you. There's no condemnation. There is a walk up and out of that debilitation. Number two, I said I would go fast. Are you overcommitted? I could drop the mic and walk off. Do you need something from your spouse? Do you need your spouse to listen to you, respect you? Unless you understand the biblical parameters of marriage, your spouse can really easily become God to you. Why? Because they become the central focus of your life. And in doing so, you want to please them more than you want to please anybody else. And when you do, they're elevated above Jesus. It's just really tricky. We're here to worship the Lord and love our spouse. We're here to honor him and honor them. We're, our kids can take the place of Christ, can't they? We, we could honor them and worry about them and think about them more than we think about him. But we're to receive grace from him so that we love them and don't kill them. <laughs> Is self-esteem a critical concern for you? Number five, do you ever feel as you might be exposed as an imposter? Really big for men. Six, are you always second-guessing the decisions you make because people, you think people might not like your decisions? Come on, somebody. Seven, do you feel empty or meaningless? Eight, do you get easily embarrassed? If you do, don't take up public speaking. Nine, do you ever lie, especially the little white lies? Ten, are you jealous of other people? Eleven, do other people often make you angry or depressed? People who make you angry or depressed, uh, well, let me go on to the next one. Do you often, uh, angry or depressed, do you avoid people? Even if you avoid people, it means that those people still control you because they become the object of your thoughts. And where the object of our thoughts are is actually where our worship is. Are you with me? Our worship, the object of your thoughts is where we worship. And so can we transfer right now as I'm teaching, let's just transfer our, the objectivity of our worship to Jesus again. Let's just worship Jesus again, church. 
Let's not worry so much about, there's a healthy, I don't, I'm not asking you to be, you know, just obtuse and weird and offend people. That's not what I'm asking you to do at all. You do want to, you do want to uh, have grace to be with people because we need other people, right? We do. And in eternity, the, that's, relationships is the only thing that's going to last. I'm not asking you to be weird and obtuse. I'm asking you to worship Jesus first. <laughs> Worship the Lord first. Let me keep going with the questions. Um, um, do other people make you angry or depressed? 12. Do you avoid people? 13. Uh, uh, just reoccurring, like fad dieting over and over and over and over and over. 14. Uh, if, if these descriptions have missed the mark, when you compare yourself to other people, do you feel good about yourself? Perhaps the most dangerous fear of man, the way it's quantified, is the successful, fear-filled person. In other words, you have become successful, you have more than other people, but your motivation is still fear and what they think of you instead of what God thinks of you. I want you to know that Jesus thinks a lot of you. He really does. He loves you. And if you have all 14 of these, welcome to the club. You're a human. Okay? Come on, guys. We got it. The Old Testament narrative, in the Old Testament narrative, the Hebrew people are being delivered from the, the, the strongest nation in the world at the time, Egypt. Egypt was uh, more powerful than any other maybe nation that has been on planet Earth. You have to go back to that time period to understand. God delivered them through signs and wonders and miracles. And then he says to the people, he says this to you and he says this to me, go into Tampa and take the land that's yours. And the people say, we cannot take the land. Why? Because they're giants in the land. The giants uh, in our land look different than the giants in their land of that day. War was conducted a hand, in hand-to-hand -hand combat. War today is conducted in here and online. I just, I just flipped over a light, pause for station identification. There we go. See, that was easy, no magic involved. So God is asking us, like he did thousands of years ago with the Hebrews, he was saying to them, whose voice is louder? The voice of the giants or the voice inside the church? Because sometimes inside the church, we could say, we're supposed to go take Tampa. And then your church friends say, you can't take Tampa. Have you seen Ebor? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Help me out. Have you seen the giants that live in this land? And the question for us is whose word are we going to believe that God said to Joshua and God has said to the church today, everywhere you place your foot is where my kingdom is. Everywhere I ask you to go is where my dominion goes. Or are we gonna believe the testimony of the giants and the people that are surrounding us? In the New Testament, uh, whose opinion matters the most? Whose opinion matters the most? And I know that this is very tactile. What possible consequences are we most afraid of? Peter walks with Jesus for three years. He sees signs and wonders and miracles. He sees uh, people raised from the dead. And then Jesus is about to be crucified. And a slave girl, Peter's warming himself next to the fire. And a slave girl says to him, hey, aren't you with him? I, I want to ask you a question today, okay, church? Listen, are you with him? Are you with him? Are you sure you're with him? Because sometimes we get into conversations around the water cooler, or, or, and, and, and so it's getting very aggressive in our culture right now, isn't it? So you can't reference the Bible in school anymore. Do you know that? Do you, church, do you recognize this that's happening? 
if you reference the Bible, they say, you, you know, you, you get kicked out of school and the whole thing. And so here's what I want to say. They can't kick us all out of school. They can't, I don't know who they are, but they can't kick us all out of school. <laughs> right? So Peter, so a slave girl says to him, are you with him? Peter says, mm-mm, I'm not. And I understand the pressure. I understand. I understand the pressure around the dinner table with your family members. And, you know, the law of all laws. Don't talk about religion or? Come on, say it. We're even afraid to say politics. <laughs> We're afraid, aren't we? We have, we have become afraid like Peter, and then another person a little later says, aren't you with him? And Peter says, no. And then a little bit later, a third person says, aren't you with him? And this time, Peter curses, the Bible says. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, rip, boop, exclamation point. I'm not with Jesus. I'm not with him. The good news, church, is that Peter was the poster child for the fear of man, but Jesus knows where we are. He comes and forgives Peter. He says, hey, Pete, yeah, you went back to fishing. You're not going to catch any fish without me. I know you run a multi-level marketing company, and no marketing is going to happen today without me. He says, come here, and I'm going to restore you. He says, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, lead my church. Peter receives it. Come on now. And he becomes the pillar, one of the pillars of the New Testament. So if you're in the fear of men today, you can walk in the fear of God right now. You can walk in the fear of God right this very moment. Jesus restores you. He is, he, uh, he, so it sounds like this. Uh, are you with him? Say yes. yes. Are, are you sure? Are you with him? Yes. Okay, be careful. You won't get that promotion. Are, are you with him? Come on. Yes. Okay, be careful. She's going to leave you. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Are you with him? Yes. Okay, be, be careful. You might get voted off the bank board. Okay, you with me? Come on, a couple more. Are you, okay, you good? You good? Come on, are you with him? Okay, be careful. They're going to cancel your Amazon account. <laughs> hey, just got real for some folks in here like, nope, I'm not warming myself. <laughs> Peter comes back in 1 Peter and, and he says this, do not fear, all right, 13, Who's going to harm you if you're eager to do good? That means if you're on the side of Christ, there is some harm that can come to you. Are, are you guys with me? This is real stuff, but I want us to count the real stuff to live the real stuff. Let's live for Jesus, right? Let's live for the Lord. Who's going to harm you? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. You are blessed. And then, and then he says this, do not fear what they fear. Peter was coming back to himself and saying in 1 Peter, don't fear what they fear, Fear God. Be frightened of God. Be frightened. In other words, the word frightened, awe, reverence, respect. Have more fear for God than you have for men. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Make him Lord in your heart. John Bunyan's fear of God says this. The fear of man is not simply the fear of harm that men can do to us. Surely the fear of harm partly drives our desires to be approved by men. And do you know that around the country, in America, we don't want to be ashamed. In other places in the country, if you speak up for Jesus, you lose your spouse. And in other places, come on, church, listen, we're not losing our spouses today. You don't have to be that serious. We're in America. 
okay? And, and can we all pray right now, can we all pray right now that we preserve that heritage in our country? That we, that we, so in Egypt and other places, if you speak out for Jesus, I don't wanna live through this season. I don't wanna live through that kind of season that if you speak out for Jesus, you go to jail or you lose your head. I don't wanna live through that season, are you with me? Come on church, I don't wanna live through that season. But if we're not careful, if we don't have the fear of God rise up in us in the church, we'll go just, we'll look just like Europe in 20 years. We, we will. And I, I don't know about you, I don't wanna look like Europe. <laughs> I wanna look like America. We, we can't be, <laughs> sorry, Plant City, you got me again, Marco. <laughs> All right. We can't be quiet because we're embarrassed. We can't, can we? We can't be, okay, can I give you a couple of examples? We got to speak the truth in love and we have to witness for Jesus. Those are two things that are writable if you're, if you're writing. We got to speak the truth in love. We have to, we have to preserve that. We cannot, cannot, cannot let go of speaking the truth in love. Now, let me make sure that you understand. Speaking the truth in love means we say what's true, but we love the people even if they don't do it. Are you with me? In other words, we don't, Christianity doesn't hate people. Christianity hates Satan. Oh, it's awful quiet in this Methodist church, y'all. This is quiet. You guys are, oh, he's going to talk about some stuff. Oh, here we go. Negative, positive, and a neutral. And I'm, I'm going to talk about a, some cultural things right here. Okay, watch this. Here's a negative statement, but it's a kind of a baby negative statement. All right, cigarettes aren't that great for you. That's a negative connotation. All right, everybody with me? Cigarettes aren't that great for you. Say it with me. Cigarettes aren't that great for you. If I would have said that in the 70s in the church, people would have left the church. <laughs> because in the 70s, media said cigarettes were cool. Do you remember? Do you remember everybody was smoking? All the commercials people were smoking. Do you remember? There was, I mean, there was, you, you could smoke in the airport. You could smoke in your bathroom. You could smoke in the courtroom. Do you remember? And so culture cannot tell us what truth is. The Bible doesn't say anything about cigarettes. I've had people say to me, can I smoke and go to heaven? I say, yeah, you just get there quicker. <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing, you guys. Some of you... Some of you guys, some of you guys are just, see, that's funny today. 70s, you would have said, mm-mm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving this church. So mad at you. I'm leaving. Do we, can't, can't we speak the truth in love? Okay. Second one. Here's a positive one. Sex inside of the biblical context is the best. Can I get an amen? Like, woo, woo. Come on, you should be super happy. Woo! Some of you guys are Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> what is the biblical context? It's sex between one man, say it with me, one man and one woman. One woman, okay? That's the biblical context inside of marriage. So it takes care of gender. <laughs> Somebody help me. It takes care of gender and it takes care of number. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all just got it. It's like, oh, oh, dang. <laughs> and it takes care of context. And I want to say this to you. <laughs> Heterosexual, homosexual, outside of the biblical context, whatever you do sexually that's outside of the context that I just mentioned is going to bite you. It's going to get you. Extra marital, going to get you. Pre, before marriage, going to get you. 
<laughs> Outside of the heterosexual context is going to get you. And so do you, do you, do you, now listen, do you see, do you hear me like just, ah, you hear me angry? Am I angry? Are you sure? Am I angry because I said what I said? No, heck no. That means people who choose something alternately than what the Bible says, we love, we can be friends, we can go to dinner, but I'll never, 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 never say that my truth comes from anywhere other than my Bible, ever. I can't. So, so, so it doesn't mean that you sit down with somebody and you beat them with the Bible because you know it's the truth. What it means is that you live as a shining example and that you're ready with a word in your mouth to love somebody and to encourage them to do the right thing because you can never say, let me back up and talk about cigarettes for a second. Can I say cigarettes are bad? Say, cigarettes are bad. Are you sure, doggone, you're so angry and bigoted? <laughs> Stop it. I'm scolding you. That's what the society wants to do to us. Yeah, you got that one. Yeah, you felt that one, didn't you? Now, cigarettes, today, we say cigarettes are bad. Why? Because hundreds of millions of people say cigarettes are bad. But if you go back in the 70s and you would say cigarettes are bad, in other words, objective thought is under fire. You, you, you can't say something is true. Well, yes, I can. I have a Bible. My Bible was written before Wikipedia. <laughs> so... You guys, are you with me? Yes. One more. Do you have the grace for one more? Yes. Okay, here we go. This is, this is neutral. God made gender. God made gender. But just, but so some of you are excited about that one. Just, yes, amen. Okay, science, science says that, so we were filling out some healthcare information the other day. And we said male, female, and there was a, there was a, there was a category for other and I said to my wife, I'm confused. Are you confused? No, I mean, so nine out of 10 of us are confused. But the one-tenth has the microphone in our nation. The one-tenth has the mic. And the one-tenth has the media. And the one-tenth with the mic and the media are flooding the media and flooding the mic with one message. So if I stood here and I said, uh, I have a banana, you know, and I said, orange. And you guys all said, no, it's a banana. I said, no, yo, stop it. <laughs> and I kept, I kept just saying, orange, orange, orange. Within about 30 minutes, some of you would go, that's an orange. And man, I'm mad at whoever called that a banana. And I don't know who had the sense to call that a banana. I'm, I'm, I'm angry. See, the thing about human nature is if you say something long enough and loud enough, 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 people, the populace will start to believe what is said. If you look on the internet, if you were to look at the gender being binary, what I mean by binary is we still come, when we have babies, isn't it awesome when we have babies, just a brand new baby in my family, you know, my a nephew, and uh, when we have, when we, are you okay? Is everybody okay? You guys okay? All right, listen. We still come with a pink balloon or a blue balloon, don't we? We still do. It doesn't matter what the internet says. We don't go, oh, look, we have an it. 
We say it's a boy or a girl. Now, I'm not making fun of, listen to me very carefully, I'm not making fun of somebody who's gender confused. Because somebody who's gender confused needs Jesus the same way I need Jesus. So listen, I don't, I'm just saying science says that we're binary. That means we're born male or female. But science isn't the proof, you guys. The Bible is. Genesis chapter 5, 2, Christians, we got to get back to saying if the Bible said it, that settles it. And, and, And you say, oh, no, that's too plain. No, it's not. I have a Bible. And my Bible is good for every culture, every generation, every season, every time throughout all of world history. If we don't believe that, we start living as cultural Christians. Well, years ago in India, to sacrifice to the gods that they worshiped in India, we said, well, we would never sacrifice to those gods. They would walk up a set of steps and they would kindle a huge fire and they would take their children and put them in the fire. It's called the practice of sati, if you want to actually go look it up theologically, historically. And they would say to the moon god, the sun god, the grain god, please bless me, prosper me, give me resource, you know, multiply my herds. And they would place their children in that fire called sati. Today, there's no altar, but there is. It's online. There is no altar, but there is on school. There is no altar, but there is in our courts. And we're walking up those altars, and we don't put them into a fire. We put them into words. And the words dismantle faith so that children can't follow Jesus. And I'll tell you what, it's as if we're saying, I'll tell you what, I want the next generation more than Satan does. I'm telling you, listen, our kids, come on church, our kids, our kids cannot grow up believing things that are just, they're not even sensical. They're just not even, they're they're, they're not even sensical. The Bible says that God created them, come on, say it with me. Come on, and, woo, end of quiz. God said, this isn't just a the- democracy, this is a theocracy, and my name is Theo. <laughs> so one final statement, doctors and scientists and sociologists, can we celebrate doctors? Come on, come on. Can we celebrate science? Can we celebrate bankers, lawyers, lawmakers, governments? Kings, kingdoms, yeah, but there's only one king. There's only one king, church. There's just one. Sharing our faith is the other thing that we can't back up from. Speaking the truth in love is one. Speaking the truth in love is one of them. The other one is is sharing our faith. Years ago, I was sharing with a gentleman who was, uh, I was a personal trainer and working, you know, going through the workouts, whatever. He's a big old guy and he was a banker. He's very wealthy and and I talked to him about tithing and giving, and I said, I love Jesus. And he laughed at me. I mean, he, he laughed at me like he was a giant. Ho, ho, ho. He laughed like in my face. Ho, ho, ho. Like he laughed on me. He put his mouth on me. Ah. Just kidding. But you got the picture. And I was so intimidated. I mean, I was just like, mama. I was so intimidated. This is 30-something years ago. And then something, I'm calling this, I'm calling on you today. So I'm calling on the Holy Spirit in you. Not to be angry or ugly. Don't be angry. Don't, don't offend your, do not leave today and go blast your family members, okay? Don't, let, me, let me warn you about another thing. Don't go and write a bunch of stuff on Facebook or Bookface or whatever you call it, okay? Don't, Instagrammy, don't do it. Instagram, 
You guys, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, you, don't need to, you don't need to harm people. What we need is we need the Holy Spirit to rise up in us. And so something, something, something came out of me, and I, I just, I, I said to him, I, we locked eyes, and I said, I said, no, I'm going to worship Jesus no matter what you think, you know, what you do, and I believe in the tithe. Was, you know, tithe is another conversation, giving to the Lord. I believe in that. And uh, um, he kind of, you know, when the Spirit speaks in you, it's not just you speaking. And so he kind of, huh? He did a little, whoo, because spirit, deep calls to deep. He recognized it. And it was about three and a half months later, everything in his life. You see, people that have everything don't really have anything if they don't have Jesus. <laughs> so, so do you want to be a person that has everything? Yeah. I want Jesus and whatever else he gives me. Whatever else he gives me is fine. About three and a half months later, these things came crashing down in the same place where he like laughed. He knelt down and I got to lead him to Jesus right there. The big old, you know, guy, the giant. And the Lord is saying to us, I want you to fear me. Come on, say fear the Lord more than man. Say fear the Lord more than man. Fear the Lord more than man. Come on, when this is all over, this little breath of ours, this life of ours, whenever the money's gone, the house is gone, the fence is gone, the boss is gone, the people around you are gone, the things are gone, we're going to stand before him. I want you to be as wise, 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 wise. Be wise, be shrewd, be wise, be joyful, be thoughtful, be the first in your company, be the first in your school. Be the first. Lead the way. You don't have to be angry or bruised. You need to be mature in the Lord to say to, to, say to the Lord, Lord, whatever they say, I'm going to take with a grain of salt, and I'm going to trust you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust you. The fear of the Lord is wisdom. Jacob, uh, uh, not Jacob. It says in my Bible, Job, I said Jacob. If you find the book of Jacob in your Bible, let me know. <laughs> wisdom, Job 28, 28. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Can, can I pray right now? Just as, can you receive right now across our campuses? Can we start to hate the right thing again? Come on, we break the spirit of hatred between man and Jesus' name right now. We break it. Come on, we hate evil. We hate evil. The hatred of evil is the holiness of God. The hatred, you're not going to do any good hating people. What, you're, what, what we got to do is we got to hate what breaks us. We got to hate the evil that's inherent on the inside of us. The, the cursing that comes out of our mouth comes from our heart, right? Ooh, that one got quiet, you guys. You guys are like, oh, you just went all holy and stuff. The fear of man is the whole, uh, the, the fear of the Lord is the whole duty of man. And then this one, two verses left. Here we go. The fear of the Lord is the church's treasure. Now, I want you to read this with me on the screen. I want you to see this, okay? There's the listing. We see this on the screen. It's coming in abracadabra. Okay, Isaiah 33, 6, okay? Say this with me. He will be the sure foundation for your times. Come on, somebody. For your times, 2021, God, God in his word, 
His word is good in ancient Israel. His word is good in Egypt. His word is good in Syria. His word is good in Palestine. His word is good in Tampa. His word is good. His word is good. His word, his word was good then. It is good today. It will be tomorrow. Every jot and tittle, the word, the word of God is forever lasting. It's the only hope. It's the thing we put our faith in. Our fear is in the Lord. A rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. Salvation, wisdom, knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. And the treasure is the church's treasure. It's the truth that the Lord is the one that we worship and no one else. And no one else. Last verse, Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. And I begin to pray right now. You don't have to bow your heads yet. Okay, we'll do that in a second. I pray that the fear of the Lord would rest on you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, would you pray with me? Those of you who are believers, you just know Jesus. You know his power. You know his love. You know his faithfulness. Would you pray with me now? We bind the spirit that calls us to fear men. Come on, let's bind that in Jesus' name. We bind it. The Bible says to bind and loose. We bind the fear of man. Come on, church, bind it with me. We bind the fear of man, and we loose right now the fear of God. <laughs> the fear of God, the awe, the reverence of God, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. Father, we pray. We pray that we would delight in the fear of the Lord. We pray that you would bring reverence and respect and honor back to the church. And God, that we would say that we worship you and you alone. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We don't need to be disrespectful. We might say, oh, great king, I don't, I don't, we don't want to go to the fire, God. We don't want to go to the fire, God. We don't want to go to the fire. But we would say, uh, oh, great king, <laughs> there's one thing that we cannot do. We cannot do. We cannot worship you above the God we serve. There's one thing we cannot do. We cannot do. He will judge. Come on, we, we impart this right now. We, he will judge by what he sees. He, he, he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. And so, Father, in this last portion of the prayer, we pray right now that we would not judge by what we hear with our ears. And we would not judge by what we see with our eyes. We would judge by the word of God and by the spirit of God. And we would hear and see your word and we would turn into a people, God, who stands up and is not afraid. Church, is it time for the church to remember again who she is? Come on, is it time for her to remember who she is? Now would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes and every voice, what we're doing is we're trusting Christ the Savior. He came, he died but he didn't stay dead. He was risen from the grave. And so on this day today, we say we're placing our faith in Jesus and we do it all together across our campuses, every, nice and strong, okay? You might position yourself a little bit in the seat and you say, Lord Jesus. Come on, every voice say, Lord Jesus. I truly surrender today. I give you my life. Come live inside of me. We hope you enjoyed that message from our lead pastor, Greg Dumas. Don't forget you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash crossingchurch and watch all of our messages on demand and live broadcasts of our services. 
You can also download our app by searching for The Crossing Church Tampa in your app store where you can get the latest news, videos, podcasts, and more. Thanks for joining us. We can't wait to worship with you next weekend.